Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, I've been paying very close attention to see if there's any news about Tucker Carlson because I'm really interested to see where he turns up. The guy's going to be somewhere for sure. Um, I don't think that's in dispute, but it hasn't quite turned up yet. And uh, as a result of kind of scouring the internet for things, I found this uh, this uh, interview that he did with uh, uh, a couple of podcast guys. And I thought it was interesting because he's talking about his plan to interview Putin. This was this was a summer. This was the summer before Russia invaded Ukraine. And he was, you know, he, he talks about how he hadn't been to Russia and Russia's a global power. And he heard through some grapevine or something that uh, that Putin would be interested in talking to him. And as a reporter, you know, I mean, think about all the reporters that want to interview the president of the United States, right? So this is a big deal to interview uh, global leaders and get to ask them questions that maybe their softball media over there doesn't ask or whatever. So this is something Tucker was really interested in doing. And so um, he had reached out um, to make some contacts and uh, I'll let him tell a story, but I mean, it's really shocking. And they, they just just to just to bring up another point, I mean, if you think you're communicating with your cell phone secretly because you're using Signal or WhatsApp or some other uh, app that reports to have end-to-end encryption, just know that the NSA is capturing that communication, especially if you're communicating with somebody overseas. Uh, that's that's where the rules really ramp up. But uh, there is no there is no being secure in your papers, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. We're going to talk about the Fourth Amendment and just the language in general in the Constitution is is from the 18th century. And so, obviously, we didn't have modern communications. Uh, we didn't have uh, central banks. Um, we had currency, printed money. So printed money was something that was in, invented by the Chinese many, many, many years ago, thousands of years ago. So at the time of the founding of the United States, um, our founders knew about printed currency, okay, and this is why I believe they said that Congress shall have the power to coin money. Coin. That word, the operative word there is coin money. And they knew about the evils of printing currency. And they didn't want the United States to be a place where uh, it was run by banks issuing currency. And oddly enough, we've we've somehow you know, created a Federal Reserve Act and 
can ignore the words of the Constitution. In fact, probably years ago, the Federal Reserve Act should have been challenged by the Supreme Court. Um, and as far as I know, it never was. And, and so it survives today. But uh, maybe, maybe it could still be challenged. I don't know. It was, it's an act of Congress, right? The Federal Reserve was created as an act of Congress. So, you know, the Constitution is all about Congress shall make no law, you know, doing X, Y, or Z. So, um, but I digress. I want to get back to this story about Tucker because I thought it was an interesting conversation. And it just, it just goes to show you that you're not secure. There is no privacy. There is no being secure in your papers, as the Fourth Amendment reads. In fact, I'll read the Fourth Amendment here in, in an upcoming segment. But I want to go ahead and get started with the clip and break in from time to time and discuss it. And I've been all over the world. I feel like I've been everywhere except Russia. And Russia is a combatant in a war that's changing the world. And like, I should go see it. Mm-hmm. And but if I and I was planning on it and I got stopped by the U.S. government from doing it. And I was. Well, you were going to go. Course. And then, go, what were you going to do? Interview Putin. Why wouldn't you I? had it set up? I was working on it, and they Damn. broke into my text messages. The NSA broke into my Signal account, which I didn't know they could do. Oh, so Signal's not even safe. Oh, God, Signal no, is not, not safe anywhere. Not oh, safe. Signal fuck. is not safe. I know people think WhatsApp's safe. No, it's like man, WhatsApp. No. WhatsApp is not. You know what's safe? And ask any mafia don. Park your car in front of the liquor store. Leave your phone in the vehicle in your Caprice Classic, and walk out behind the liquor store in the vacant lot back there with the winos to talk to the person you want to talk How many to. times have you done that? Zero. Okay. Because I'm like lazy. <laughs> I'm like, Rarrr! and I'm actually, I always say to myself, you know, I'm not hiding anything. I don't have a secret life. Yeah, so there, there is no form of communication that is beyond the reach of the U.S. government, the U.S. spying apparatus, the NSA, the CIA, the the Department of National Intelligence. And so, you know, you're better off, just like he said, leave your phone in the car. And if you're, even if you're going to go protest something, leave your phone at home. Don't take your phone. If you want to take pictures, take a camera that doesn't have any kind of tracking on it and take pictures. But don't take your phone. I mean, look at all the people that are basically being prosecuted or stuck in jail based on geolocation data. Okay? Now, this is the, by the way, just incidentally, the geolocation data is the same kind of data, the same kind of metadata that True the Vote and Dinesh D'Souza were using in 2000 Mules that showed all the fraud, the voter fraud, in um in uh, the 2020 election and or allegedly showed voter fraud let's say it that way because there there's been no investigation nobody will investigate it but just go watch 2000 mules and ask yourself if that should be investigated that geolocation data is the same type of data you can buy it but the u.s government just acquires it from the communications companies and that's the, that's the data they used to ensnare all these people on January 6th. And, um, but 
why is that not good enough to investigate uh, voter fraud for the 2020 election? I don't know, but nobody's looking into it. So anyway, you've got, uh, uh, you know, Signal, even though it touts end-to-end security, is is obviously not secure. The the NSA intercepted his correspondence, uh, and he's going to pick up the rest of the story here in a minute. But one of the things I want to say about this is he talks about how he doesn't have a secret life. He's has pretty much of an open life, you know, kind of what you see is what you get. And I hear this. He's not really making an argument for anything, but I hear this from time to time when. When I hear about people, when I say, you know, we this is not a law, we shouldn't prosecute people for this, you know, th- there's no victim. You know, in general, in general, there should be no crime where there's no victim. Okay, there is no such thing as a vic, you know, uh, the um, uh, an attack on the American people. Okay, there's only an attack on people, individuals. The American people, this amorphous thing, is. You know, like if if somebody, I don't know, attacks some building with nobody in it, nobody gets hurt. Uh, you can, you can, uh, you can be prosecuted for destruction of property, but that's not an attack on the American people because you, I don't know, bombed a building or something, and nobody got hurt. Um, so. You, you hear people say this all the time. The American people think this, and the American people think... Th- there, is no, there is no American people think, fill in the blank. The Ameri- there's, there's only 340 million individuals that live in America, and they all have different thoughts about things. So, but getting back to my point, I hear people all the time say, well, if you don't, if you don't do anything wrong, Seth... You don't have to worry about getting in trouble with the law or you don't have to worry about, you know, them knowing what you're doing or you, you just don't, you don't, this is something you're, you're making some, a mountain out of a molehill in this. And <clears throat> here you have Tucker even, and Tucker's an educated person, very smart person. He's, he's starting to realize who he's dealing with here when he's dealing with the United States government. You're dealing with uh, basically an organized crime syndicate, basically. And, and, and they, they do whatever they want to do. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the laws say. And he's starting to kind of come to that realization. But he struggles with it a little bit. Like, like I don't, you know, I basically have an open life. He goes, when I, you know, when I set up interviews, I do that kind of secretly. My wife doesn't really know. I mean, it's not that I'm being secretive. It's just I'm working on things, and I don't always tell everybody, you know, what I'm working on. But anyway, I just thought it was kind of interesting that he is kind of. You can see him kind of these like there. It's like the the tumblers of a lock, you know, falling into place. And there's like six, and he's had like four of them, and there's still two left before he really decides that anarchy is a better way to go. <laughs> you know, anarcho-capitalism. Uh, or at least uh, thick libertarianism, you know, where we, where we have a very, very small government, you know. He's starting to get closer and closer to that idea. I'm pretty upfront, and some people like it and some people don't. 
of course. But um, I'm not hiding anything. But I was definitely hiding my plan to go interview Putin just because it's an interview. So, no so how did that happen? Business. How, did, yeah. how do you know the NSA broke into your signal? Because well, they admitted it. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, can you tell us about that? Like, how did you find out? I got a call from somebody in Washington who's, who would know, just trust me. Who, uh, so I, I went up there for another reason, but this person said, you know, are you going to come to Washington anytime soon? This was a year and a half ago. And I was like, yeah, actually, I'm going to be up in a week. Meet me Sunday morning. So weird. Like, who does that? Just text me. You know what I mean? Just yeah. text me. No. So I go and this person's like, and this is someone who would know, um, are you planning a trip to go see Putin? This was the summer before the war started. And I was like, how would you know that? I haven't told anybody. I mean, anybody, not my brother, not my wife, nobody. And just because, you know, it's one of a million things you're working on. And, but that was one of them. I want to go interview. Why wouldn't I want to interview Putin? Of course. I want to interview Xi. I want to interview everybody, right? Yeah. That's kind of my job. We want to get Kim Jong-un on well, here one day. Of course, of course. We met him. You did? Yep. Oh, we got to talk about that yeah. after. But Super interesting. But anyway. Holy shit. Um, so just to situate this properly, he's talking about this being a year and a half ago. So this was before, I know it's a little confusing because he talks about how we're involved in a proxy war with, against Russia and he would like to in, in, interview Putin. But he's actually, the, the, what he's talking about actually happened a year and a half ago. In fact, he came on TV and talked about this openly with the audience, that the NSA was spying on him and they admitted it. Because he, he basically, he wanted to know, hey, are you guys spying on me? And they, they said yes. Now, what they did is they said yes because apparently, and this is, this is for anybody, if you contact somebody outside the U.S., the NSA will spy on that call. Now, they had the authority to do that. This is, this is well-known authority, Okay. But according to Edward Snowden, and I know, I mean, I don't know Edward Snowden, but I've seen tweets from him before about this, is that um, the NSA spies on you, period, regardless of whether you're contacting somebody outside the U.S. or somebody inside the U.S. Now, I think the reason they so easily admitted it is because he was, con- he was talking to people outside the U.S. And apparently that is lawful in terms of, uh, Congress, you know, basically passing laws that says that, that say that's acceptable. But let me just read you the Fourth Amendment. And the Fourth Amendment, by the way, applies to Congress. Okay, it's it, these are these are things that Congress shall not do, right? Because the people are secure in these these rights. That's what these amendments are. So the fourth the Fourth Amendment states. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized." All right, this is very specific, okay? Um, now, where does, where does text fall into this, right? Because in the 18th century, the founding fathers didn't know about text, right? Uh, advanced communication systems had not been developed. 
but people wrote letters, right? Okay, so if I'm writing a letter to somebody, I stick it in an envelope, I put it in my mailbox, postal carrier picks it up, takes it to the person it goes to, right? And they read it. So that's end-to-end security, okay? You, you are guaranteed by the Fourth Amendment that somebody can't just intercept your envelope, okay, and read it and then glue it back together and stick it in the mail and have it delivered. This is, this is what it means to be secure in your papers and effects. So let me ask a question. How is Tucker Carlson's text any different than that? Okay. Somebody, somebody snatched it out of the ether. Okay. Read it, logged it, copied it, whatever, and allowed it to go. Okay. Allowed it to go to the person that it went to on the other end. That's no different than taking an envelope that I'm mailing to a specific person intercepting it, reading it, and then letting it continue on. So somehow, you know, the U.S. government is ignoring the Fourth Amendment. And in fact, this, this is, you could, you could do a whole semester on examples of where the U.S. government ignores our Constitution and does whatever the hell it wants to do anyway. I mean, there's many, 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 many examples of this. And we've allowed this, basically. And since nobody's putting up a fight against it, the government does it. And that's the way the government is. The government, in fact, if, if, if something happened and this really got challenged, and let's say the Supreme Court said, NSA, you're going to have to stop doing this. There would be no recourse. Like, you wouldn't be able to sue the NSA for violating your rights. They would just have to stop doing it. And this happens all the time. The government violates people's rights, and then somebody says, hey, you got to stop doing that. And, they're, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to stop doing that. <laughs> but then nothing happens to them. You know, if, if, if I violate a law, I go do something that violates some sort of statutory law, I don't get to just go, okay, I'll stop doing it. And then it all goes away. No, 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 no. I go to jail. They process me. They, they create an indictment. They put me before a judge and jury. I mean, I have to go to trial. I have to get a lawyer. I have to defend myself. None of that shit happens with the U.S. government. Best case scenario, they just say, okay, we'll stop. <laughs> you know? But this has always baffled me because, you know, I have this, I have this idea, this, this principle that if you can't do it, the government can't do it. And really, it, it really should be that way. Uh, and the reason I say that is because if, if you think about it, just I'm going to give you kind of a visual here. And I've, I've given this before, but I want you to think about it again. If I have a group of people and they're just a bunch of individuals, okay, Let's just say me and a hundred of my friends. Okay, so there's a hundred and one of us. And we got no special rights. I can't spy on anybody. I can't arrest anybody. I can't throw anybody in a cage. Right? I got no rights like that. I can't I don't have the authority to do that to my federal my federal my federal 
fellow, excuse me, citizens. And neither do the other 100 people that I'm grouped together with. But if we walk across the street and, and walk into a building called government and take an oath to the government, that somehow gives people special rights. I can throw people in a cage. I can spy on them. I can do all these things. And I'm just, my position is, is that that's, that's not true. That doesn't give the government authority. That's not what giving part of your liberty to the government is for. It's, it's not to do all those things. It's to do the very limited things that are listed in this Constitution. But as I said, the government just does them. And best case scenario, some higher authority, the Supreme Court or whatever, or, you know, or maybe there's just a conversation and there's a backlash and eventually, you know, uh, the executive branch decides, okay, we're no longer going to do this. We're just going to stop doing this because they've come to some realization. That's fine, but there's no, there's no, we have no recourse, you and I. There is no justice in that. It's just stop, stop doing it. How would you know that? Because NSA pulled your text with this other person you were texting. How did you know that? And so I immediately, I was intimidated. I'm embarrassed to admit, but I was. I was completely freaked out by it. I called a U.S. senator, who I know, not that well, but it seems like a trustworthy person. And I told him the story. I said, I just want to tell you this. And then I went on TV on Monday, and I'm like, this happened. And so they had, you know, in Congress asked NSA, and NSA is like, yes, we did this, but for good reason. What would be a good reason to read my, you know, what? But the head of NSA, it's fine. It gets, because everyone's in on it. Republicans and Democrats are all in on it. And by it, I mean the assumption there's no privacy whatsoever, that they have a right to know everything you're saying and thinking. That shit's scary. And that's though. just not a right as far as I'm concerned. You have yeah. no, by the way, if you have no privacy, you have no freedom. Freedom is predicated on privacy. It's like none of your business. You don't that, even think about that. Like they can just go through your phone and well, find well, everything. Well, they did it to me, so I know that for a fact. And But again, if you have no privacy, you have no freedom. Yeah. How about this? It's none of your business. If that's not a good enough answer, then you are a slave. There's so many thoughts that come into my head during this segment. Um, privacy is a tricky thing. Um, the courts... <clears throat> for example, have said that you really don't have a right to privacy, per se. Meaning, like, well, I can kill somebody in the privacy of my own home. Well, no, you, you know, you don't have a right to kill somebody in the privacy of your own home. So privacy is a, is a, is a tricky thing. But I, I hear what Tucker's saying. Um the, you know, the question of, well, what business is it of yours who I talk to and what we talk about? And this is, this is maybe the bigger part of what he's talking about is why, is, why does the government have an interest in all these conversations? I mean, the NSA uh, captures, records, and stores billions and billions of conversations not only between Americans, American citizens to American citizen, but also between Americans and other people around the world. 
And so this this is something that we lost during the whole, you know, terrorism thing. This is why it's very I mean, look, I'm I'm guilty of it. You know, when I when 9/11 happened and, you know, planes flew into buildings and you know, I was I was, you know, basically saying things like you know, look, we live in an open society. You can't have planes flying into buildings. You know, America doesn't work if that happens. And, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't really a libertarian at the time. You know, I, I trusted the government um, foolishly, I might add. And not that anything I had to say... Um, allowed or would disallow the, the government to move forward with the Patriot Act, but I more or less supported that kind of stuff. I more or less supported uh, an invasion into Iraq and, and uh, uh, Afghanistan. I just felt like, wow, we cannot have, you know, people commandeering planes and flying them into private property and killing a bunch of people. That's it's kind of the way I looked at it, but having said that now, and, and with the benefit of hindsight, this was a huge mistake. I mean, we collectively in America, we've made a huge mistake. We gave our government uh, a power that it is clearly not responsible enough to have. And more importantly, they're not giving it back. I mean, this is the way power goes, right? Anytime you give up a power, um, you're not getting it back. That's why the whole lockdown thing really concerns me is because we, we basically told the government it's okay to lock us down. And for some people, that meant their businesses failed, they lost their job. You know, basically, if you don't have a, if you don't have a way for income to flow into your bank account, on a regular basis, you quickly lose control of your ability to maintain your lifestyle, <laughs> uh, especially if you have debt and things like that. So this was, this was a, this is in hindsight is a real concern that we keep giving um, government more and more authority over our lives. And why, why are we doing this? Well, for 9-11, we did it for security reasons. And there's a famous saying that um, uh, somebody that gives up their liberty for security deserves neither liberty nor security. And I think there's something to that. And, you know, ultimately, we have to live with the government that we have, that we vote for, that we support, that we uh, fail to push back against. We have to live with it. And um, this is one of the reasons that I became such, you know, a kind of a libertarian person and started reading people that most people had never heard of. Most people had never heard of Murray Rothbard or Hans Hermann Hoppe or Lou Rockwell or Jeff Deist. I mean, I've heard of Ron Paul, but all those people that I just mentioned, those are all people that Ron Paul studied. Or, um, God, the list is so long. I mean, the great thing about 
the Mises Institute. And I encourage you to go and surf around, especially in the library. You just go to Mises.org. That's M-I-S-E-S dot O-R-G. It is, it is the greatest single free resource that exists in the world as far as I know. I mean, you can read thousands of books for free on there, especially if you have an iPad. You just download them to PDF, put them on your iPad, and read them. And these are great, great books, great thinkers. Um, but, you know, I kind of digress. I'm, I'm just, I just really uh, am worried, uh, as many of you are, about the trajectory our ability to push back on this government. I mean, I don't know. We may have, that ship may have sailed. We may not, it may not be possible any longer to push back on this government. I mean, that's what I really worry about because um, we've, we've basically migrated toward, I don't know, kind of like a, a European type style country. Um we we favor democracy over individual liberty. We, um, I mean, our media has completely sold out to the state, so that's that's a real problem. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure how this is all going to end. I mean, I, I know uh, I'm still worried about the COVID situation. I think there's uh, that could ultimately end up being the greatest crime in history. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a pretty strong statement, but I'm on Twitter all the time. I see more and more people dying unexpectedly. Many, many people that are young, okay, just needlessly dying from these shots that you didn't even need. We didn't even need them. So then that begs the question, why did we have to take them? And I know this is a little bit conspiratorial, but look, these people are very serious about the quote-unquote health of the planet. And, you know, they're basically religious zealots. And religious zealots are very dangerous people. And when they tell you that they're trying to depopulate the earth, you know, maybe we should believe them. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Well, look, um, I hope you enjoyed this talk. I mean, I'm really hoping Tucker will land somewhere where he'll have a huge impact. Um, I, I think he's not perfect like someone like a Lou Rockwell would be uh, or a Jeff Deist uh, if they were somehow in the media but he's pretty darn good and I'm really excited about uh, to see where he'll land finally um, but look uh, I hope you come back and listen I hope you enjoyed this program come back and listen and if you do I'll be here tomorrow to do it all over again on who gets to decide